0: Born in Baltimore and raised primarily by his mother, her sisters, and grandparents, Michael Wheaton found success early on in the entertainment business. At only six years old, he got his first radio spot on a country music station, WXCY 103.7. At about the same time, he began learning how to play guitar on his own. Through the 13-year divorce of his parents, Michael found this place in the world by studying scripture and language to better understand humans and making others laugh and throwing himself into any and all the creative arts that would have him. From drama to music class, he was obsessed with telling stories through music and emotion. Being raised basically on films as a child, at only seven or so, he began using his mother's clunky VHS camcorder. Through the middle school and high school years, Michael would continue to participate in a variety of talent shows and drama classes, yearbook, etc. in pursuit of what drove him passionately. In doing so, he found scripture along the way. At 13, he completed the King James Bible cover to cover, and in the midst of doing so, he learned how to study Greek and Hebrew through searching its pages. Scripture was then a compass of morality as he navigated his life. At 18, it became clear. Coming from little to nothing, he knew one day he would be something. At 19, he booked his first gig as a professional photographer using only MySpace and had zero photography equipment at the time. Rushing out to open a business account and get some credit, as the world would like to call it, he purchased his first professional camera. Shortly after that evening, he was on his way to his first gig and his images would be published thanks to Paul Pruitt for his early foresight into Michael's talent. A year later, he met Peter Hanket in New York. Michael was fortunate enough through his meeting with Peter to become friends and produced a bit of a mentor out of it. For about the next six months, Peter would tear apart Michael's portfolio. Why did you post this? Why did you post that? You're posting way too many in- images, etc., etc. Eventually, it paid off after successfully booking a variety of shoots he became entrepreneurial in photography at 19 barely 20 and would soon drive himself to la at 23 he was packed up in his van and he was set to sell his dream coming from elkton maryland to los angeles california in less than 40 hours a longtime friend of his gave him a couch to crash on while he got it, got it together in la shortly after landing in la and soaking in his reality he got to work, contacting an acting coach he met on MySpace. As fate would have it, these two, and soon three, would be working together for the next year or so on just about everything they can get their hands on. From media companies to red carpet events, celebrity parties, the grand opening of The Laugh Factory in Long Beach, California, Mohammed Haldid's $75 million mega mansion, to New Deal Studios' back back lot doing some behind-the-scenes photography on Shutter Island. After he returned home, still high on his high from living near the beach and constantly working in an entertainment environment, he was struggling to find serious individuals to work with on the East Coast. Everyone seems all talk and no show, no go. Slowly, he succumbed to the normalcy, sacrificing his passion for a paycheck. Shortly after, he was married and had identical Irish twins. About two years into his marriage, he realized he was unhappy and there was a divide growing. Attempting everything from counseling and reading and studying with his partner, she refused and accused him of being the one that needs to change. So he began an intense three-year deep dive into who he was and what was his purpose. After decades of studying language, scripture, and philosophy, metaphysical, and what he could comprehend to physics, here he is today, and without further ado, Let's get the show on the road.: What initially drove you to want to be in the world of entertainment in the first place?:
1: Uh I really don't know. Um, to tra- I guess to trace it back would be I was uh, how I ended up getting on the, the radio station, I'll start there. Um, it was my sister was going to physical therapy she had had a knee injury um and I was bored and her physical therapy like where it is in Habity Grace how the radio station was set up like was literally just around the corner so I kind of like snuck out the front door you know just being me and walked into the radio station went right up to the secretary and was like I want to be on the radio and just kind (laughs) of laughed and she chuckled you know, I was like, I want to be on the radio, and she was like, oh, well, this is adorable, went back, got the program director, um, and they kind of, like, uh, like pre-gamed me a little bit, and were like, do you, do you have stuff to talk about? You know, can, can you talk on the radio? And I was like, yeah, you know, anybody can do it, and so Rico Richards and Bert Clay came out um, when they were on their commercial break, and kind of gave me the rundown of what we were going to talk about, and the rest is history they offered me like my own segment if i could call in every time before i went to school um i had my own like little 10 to 15 minute little segment on wxy for like the entire school year and then after that during the summer they took me out on like all the promotions i got to meet I was never a huge country fan but hey chenny was there <laughs> there and i was only you know just a kid six and seven um got to you know i got to do all the promotional stuff that they did go to concerts i mean my mom got hooked up ridiculously with tickets and all kinds of fun stuff so um i don't know i just i fell in love with it you know anything that is a part of the entertainment atmosphere whether it be behind the glass in front of the glass you know um at this point in my life you know helping young people make wise decisions like Mistakes I've made when I first landed in LA, you know, and um, trying not to get them to not shoot themselves in the foot. You know, I've been grateful enough to help probably four or five uh, young photographers, videographers go on to make, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month. Uh, One buddy's salaried at like sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year just doing videos and content, like just, you know, helping them Uh, shape their content mold their pitch create their pitch um, you know frame their photography just you know years of experience that you know you don't really learn you can't unless you go out and do you're not going to have the you know acquired skill set not that I'm the best um, or the only person to go to but you know a lot of people who followed my career from my space over to Facebook onto Instagram like a lot of the people who've been supporting my photography for, you know, more than a decade now, almost the entire career. So it's, you know, I, at least I could do is, you know, help them shape their photography, you know, just as they've supported mine. So I think.
0: Yeah. And that's where like of... on the spot. Hey, Hey, it happens to the best of us, but um, yeah. yeah, man. And that's what a lot of um, people around my age range don't understand is that they just may um, go hear your story and go to your instagram page or anybody's instagram page that has been doing a particular craft for years and years and years and they assume like damn you know i want to be doing that and i want to be i want to get it as fast as possible because we live in a fast food age where we're constantly being bombarded with images of People that appear to be happy and successful, to where you know they have like the bling bling, the cars, the girls' the money, all oh, this, of that stuff, all is of this,
1: a waste of money, stuff
0: you know, just yeah. showing off for the gram and showing off for any other social media platform. Nowadays, it's TikTok because everybody's on that shit now, just dancing and doing all types of weird, crazy, creative it. edits. <laughs>
1: They can, they can have at it. I'll stick to, you know, my old school, I'm, I'm pretty old school anyway, I don't really, um, when it comes to my photography, I think what, what separates me, and then kind of what also slows me down, maybe, uh, is I don't use Photoshop, like, for when I first started, I didn't even have the option, because my computer couldn't run the software, um, so I had to figure out, you know, what could I do, you know, to make my, pictures look really great without the ability to do Photoshop. And, well, the only solution to that is just take better pictures, you know, get better at my lighting. I'm going to be doing a master class at some point. I'm trying to put some stuff together, um, literally called Mastering Your Camera. You know, like if, you're, if you don't know the ins and outs of what your camera can do, your lenses, what they're capable of, how you can stretch them, or, you know, how you can push your own mental you know the camera that's in your head um how you can push that more uh peter hankett told me sorry i got like a little add um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll come back to it sorry but peter hankett told me he said when you close that shutter make sure it's the best picture that you've ever taken well, what but were peter, you saying
0: before can you just run that back all yeah right peter back?
1: peter hankett was the one who really um stressed you know before you close that shutter make sure it's the best picture you've ever taken and he was the one that really forced my eyeball to look at all the corners through the viewfinder mm. and it really changed the way that i took pictures it 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 changed the way um uh, you know that i really kind of even saw the world through the lens because i started looking at every single tiny little detail um, I've ruined a couple pictures in the past for, you know, not paying attention, to, like really great images, um, that I've ruined, you know, in the past because i you know, at the time I didn't have Photoshop. I didn't even really know how to use it. And one mm. of the models that I shot, who went on to go do a couple of things with Playboy, like later on down the road, um, she had a really cute necklace on, but it was twisted backwards and it made the pictures <laughs> just look awful i was like Damn. wow <laughs> yeah I mean, if, if everything was so Ooh. great on it too like the lighting the pose you know everything was just phenomenal and um yeah totally blew it you know just by not paying attention to little details and then of course not oh, having yeah. photoshop there was no way to to even just kind of replace you know her necklace or anything and then, but still it you know it shaped me into really mastering my lighting techniques and you know knowing and mastering my camera, and then that transferred um you know over to really studying um cinematography. I think that's my passion, like when it comes to lighting a movie set, there's a whole big difference between lighting a picture and uh lighting and film big difference you know different colors create different things like i'm not by no way a, a master lighting expert at all but um yeah
0: hey like look i was gonna say you probably could use that clone or healing stamp tool but hey the hey no dude that. there
1: was yeah there was no way that um you know, I would have had to completely erase her whole necklace and then you would have, it
0: would have been a, too but, visible. But hey, there was that saying that goes garbage in, garbage out. So that'd be a lesson for everybody, not just in, you know, in the line of work that we do. But yeah, man, it's like, you sound like you just went through a lot of unique experiences just... Being in there early on, so that,
1: that and really seasoned, you know, Carpe Diem, man, really taking advantage of the moment, you know, and not um creating excuses for myself to tell myself why I shouldn't do something or why I wasn't able to do something or have something. um It was like, well, why not me? You know, I think people need to change the why me and turn it into a why not me, and go after it. You know, instead yeah exactly just just start you know it's like a book I booked my first gig and I didn't even have a camera like I had to run out that day and open up a a business account at Best Buy and (laughs) it just dude it was like how do I even make this happen now it was like oh shit like it's an it's a reality like so it's just um a fun experience and then I get there and then Paul was like Oh, I'm, you know, I was going to give you one of my cameras. I mean, he had a whole rig set up for me, big flash and a light sphere and everything. And I was like, no, I got this. I had, you know, I had my little rebel. I was all excited. I was just, I went for it. I was trying to find my old picture uh, from Excess Magazine with my silver shirt and my goofy little self, but I couldn't find that to send to you. It's somewhere on MySpace or Facebook somewhere.
0: Yeah, man. And like, what were the, what were the like, Um, greatest challenges that you had to ever overcome in life?
1: Uh, In general? Yeah, in general,
0: like in a whole general scope. I'm not just talking.
1: Being short, maybe. (laughs) 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 Because I'm fucking short and like everybody that I photograph is usually taller than I am. So, Um, Greatest hurdle I think would be getting out of my own way. Mm. you're, you're raised and you're mm. conditioned. Um, I've not, I haven't read rich dad, poor dad from cover to cover, but I've read some pieces of it and I pulled a couple of things out of it. And, you know, when you're raised you know, with a lack mindset, it really affects, you know, how you get and go after your dreams, but you have to kind of break your own mentality and go, I am worthy of success. I can have success. I can do this. I'm going to do this. I want to do this. Um, and just go after it, you know, if you, and if you don't know, ask, I think that's the biggest thing is people are afraid to ask. Just go ask.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: So I think my biggest hurdle was probably getting out of my own way, getting out of my own headspace and accepting, you know, the fact that I was capable of, success and great things and then it kind of goes back to our conversation that we were having yesterday a little bit was how do you define success for yourself I think that's the first thing people should do and then the second thing would be what what do you quantify or how do you quantify wealth in your life and then me being a father like I'm my children are happy you know they eat we you know we have a place that we can call home you know, it doesn't get simpler and more wealthier than that. You know, you can't buy the laughter of children. You can't buy, you know, when you run through the door, you know, they come up and grab your leg, you know, like you can't, you can't buy that stuff. So to me, wealth, you know, true wealth is, is things that money can't buy. And then you have to accept that money is a tool that you need. Um, and then you can use it and give it, you know, money is just to, you have to create that kind of flow in your life to be able to give and receive and,
0: hmm real talk man and speaking of that like you know it just reminded me of everything that I've been researching as of lately like I've just been you've already known this you've seen <laughs> you seen one of my Facebook posts man like where I just made this post that said Black Lives Matter the Black Lives Matter movement is an illusion and it took me a lot of courage to post that because I already knew the backlash that people got that spoke out against it says oh you're a coon, nigga, nigger you're whatever time Uncle Tom and speaking of Uncle Tom I got called the to Uncle Tom by a white chick bro like wow. anybody anybody that- Her name is definitely in-
1: Karen maybe Deborah. No
0: like <laughs> <Mara>. <laughs> <laughs> Hey look look look
1: look he- I, I was not in-
0: her, that's not her name. But yeah, it's like, but in all seriousness, though, like, you know, what made me want to bring you on here in the first place was the comments that you did leave, which was very thoughtful. You didn't just react like everybody else did. Like you actually dove deep and you educated me on some other stuff that I didn't even know. And, cool. you know, the reason why I wanted to bring up the whole um, Black Lives Matter issue is what you said is getting out of your own way. It's like, yeah, we can blame police all we want. We can blame the white man all we want. We can blame whoever else all we want. But I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is that, you know, and I say this out of love and I said, you know, within that post and within the recent posts I just made, you know, I'm willing to piss you off just so I can plant a seed in your mind to let you know that you can overcome any obstacle. Yeah. And, I, and remember- Morgan,
1: I Morgan Freeman has definitely said it. God over the past 10 years, probably at least a dozen times was that it's not that it doesn't exist. It, you know, there's always going to be some form of prejudice in somebody's life. That's where racism starts with yeah. prejudging somebody. Um, I call it personally, the word I choose to use for it is ethnic hatred. Because, you know, it's like there's the human race, you know, as a people, as a civilization, but you're hating on someone because of their ethnic background. That's not no one's fault. You're not responsible with what you're born with. You're only responsible with what you do with it. So, you know, you can't blame someone if they were born in a certain area of the world or if they have a white dad and a black mom or a white mom and a black dad. That's not you know, you're you're not responsible for two people falling in love, or you know, a, a victim of rape. You know, who knows? There's like 125,000 abortions a day. You know, where's black lives oh, matter on that? Shit. Where, Damn. Where are they at on that? Twenty five thousand a day. 125,000 globally. Hey.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then also, you know, not to mention. You know, the black on black crime rates is like still through the roof in Chicago, New Orleans, Houston, Watts, Crenshaw, all these cities that, you know, that are very like crime written. And it's like on the news every single day, but nobody seems to bat an eye. No one seems to care. And I, I say this, Michael that, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement has an asterisk next to its name because only Black Lives Matter to them that they seem to broadcast and they seem to care about from what I've seen so far. I'm not saying that I know this movement inside and out. Feel right. free to, you know, prove me wrong. No, I
1: think, I mean, I think and, I can, I, you know, I truly believe that we we stand on common ground in the fact that, you know writing is not a way to get your message across no, absolutely um, not absolutely and then not even in the video that you showed me you know with Malcolm X and it's like so many people are misquoting these individu- individuals you know and using it as like some kind of crutch or excuse to you know help them through something it's like well you you had a black president like you know like what like it's not like just get it. This isn't. I, I I don't even know. I have. I it just it stumbles. It bottles my mind the lack of wisdom, and care and compassion in some people to just do the things that they do. I mean, why it's, is it so hard to just be a good human?
0: Apparently, for some people, it is because it's like <laughs> you know, in this world, common sense is not very common. It's like with me. No. Like I've in, I've encountered like. You know, I've seen police cars in my neighborhood. Like, I don't live in a dangerous neighborhood. This neighborhood is relatively safe. And, like, when a cop car passes me, my heart doesn't pump out with worry and anxiety. Because, why? Because I know I'm protected by the divine at all times. I know that as long as I do right by other people, as long as I keep
1: myself spiritual law, yeah, spiritual spiritual laws. And,
0: like, yeah, yeah, and I was going to speak on that too. It's like if you violate spiritual laws, by harming another human being and raising hell, of course you're going to get harassed by law enforcement. Of that's your know,
1: universal justice. If you you know, I mean, I'm not saying that everyone who gets beaten, abused, or, you know, whatever, yeah. that's not... Yeah. I'm not justifying their actions by any means. But, yeah. like, if you are deliberately causing harm to other people and it comes back to you, you can't play the victim.
0: Yeah, or else, you know, like, also... Like, I have compassion and empathy for those that have experienced um, racial injustice and police brutality.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of truly unfortunate situations, and there's a lot of bad apples out there, but they usually end up weeding themselves out because, you know, cops hate dirty cops. They don't, you know, they cops amongst cops don't tolerate that because it's like, we're out here, you know, I've had... My Uncle Chuck was a retired Baltimore City cop for 30 years. I mean, I have friends of mine that are in and out of the military, um, you know, on the police force. I support them all. You know, if we, if the whole defund the police thing, like, oh god, really, really, uh. just really think about that for a moment. Uh. Like, there's already enough right. chaos. There's already enough chaos. And we're, and we have a police, you know, thank God we're not in a police state. Which I think you know—that's martial law. That's a whole different situation. But think about if there was zero consequences for any and all destruction.
0: Oh God! It's like if, if if you could step if you, that. if
1: you stepped outside. Okay, that's a reason why there is, you know, controlled chaos, if you will, um, when you step outside. Because the streets are governed by people who are going to arrest you, cite you, um, fine you. You know, if you're you know driving around like an idiot or you know causing harm to other people, like there's legal constitu- like legal consequences to those problems. That's what usually keeps most people on their best behaviors. I don't want to go to jail.
0: <laughs> I know I don't. You know, I've, I know. I've had
1: my fair share of overnighters. I'm good. I don't really want to stay there for a long term. But
0: yeah, another thing is, is that, you know, my significant other was a huge part of me breaking out of that victim mindset because, you know, she's a life coach and she's an energy healer. And, you know, we've done sessions together and, you know, I just remembered one night, you know, she said the N-word playfully and I did get triggered. I was like, why the hell would you say that? You can't be saying that. And, you know, I... And she helped me realize and did, and I did some deep self analysis in that moment. Instead of continuing to act off of raw emotion, Mm -hmm. I was just like, why am I getting, why am I allowing a word to define me? Why am I allowing that word to still trigger me? Mm. Because I was pre programmed to, yes, I was pre programmed to think, like, hey, you know, if anybody calls you this word, you know, you should beat the shit out of them and say this and say that. But the fact of the matter is, is that when people call you something, it's, it has nothing to do with you. You can't take that person. Like, you know, I have yet to be called, you know, the N-word by some Caucasian person, you know. And even if that were to happen, I wouldn't all of a sudden, of a sudden get bucked with him and get violent. Like, I understand. Okay, you may not like me. You have it in your heart to hate me. So that's your business. You can be right. hateful all you want to. I'm still going to love you. And things of that nature, and I've even said this to myself um, when I was in a room by myself. I was like, um, it it's like, if somebody has it in their heart to hate you, there's nothing, absolutely nothing you can do to change that person. Yeah. So you getting in front of somebody's house, holding up a picket picket signs saying my life matters and this and that it's not going to change their mind you can't change nobody's mind you can't make people um like you and value your life you have to value your own life we have to start you know it starts with self and it's like you said you know you held yourself accountable for your own actions you didn't blame nobody else at that point because you realize you know you fucked up somewhere and yeah. You know, after doing lots of healing work with my significant other, she she has single handedly, bro. And I I put this on everything. Like she has single handedly helped me overcome all of my blockages because I tried to do it by myself, but it didn't work. (laughs) And so I needed some help. And so. Right.
1: Sometimes that's the best offer is like just, you know, you can't. And then it goes back to, you know, not being afraid to ask.
0: Yeah, and it's like that whole principle um, in the Bible and the universal law is that you ask not because you have not, because you ask not, and if you don't ask, then you can't get mad if you don't get the help that you need. And like yeah. you know, I literally like remember one day writing in my journal where you know a couple years back when I first heard of the law of attraction of describing the qualities that I want in a
1: woman. That's only one of twelve. God, people love that law, man. Hey, man, I go was, ahead. I'm I was just, trying to figure out. I'm, was... I'm, I'm just talking. I'm listening to you. But just people love the law of attraction. That's like number eight on the list. It's not even at the top. But go ahead. I'm listening I mean,
0: to you. I mean, I got the other laws down.
1: I mean, yeah. I didn't
0: just study the law of attraction. But the law of attraction was a start. And so yeah. I read this book, and I was just writing down all the qualities of her. And I remember looking back at that journal of the qualities that I wanted a woman, and she ticks off everything and then some. And so I was like, damn, like, this shit is real. Like, manifest. Maybe I should give it a try. (laughs) Yeah, it may may take you a while, Michael, but eventually it unfolds. Like, you know, with you, you know, having all of these amazing experiences of being out in L.A. and being at red carpet events and shooting photos and you know, getting involved on these, like, huge movie sets, like, you were fo- you were so focused on your dream and you wanted it that much to where, you know, you was willing to give it your all. Hell,
1: you was even willing to go into some debt just to get some
0: equipment for yeah. your first client
1: like that. Yeah, well, dude, I mean, I put it all at risk. I packed up literally everything I had, all my clothes, like, everything into a van and left out Elkton, Maryland at, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon or something, and was walking down Hollywood Boulevard on a Tuesday night at ten thirty. So I just was serious about making my dream happen, and went after it. And I still am today. I mean, minor setbacks, but I instead of I'm actually in the process of trying to change my vocabulary instead of be you know it's a setback. It's more of a setup because I'm not no basketball expert. But ty- <laughs> typically, when you go to set yourself up for a shot, or even if you're trying to throw anything, you usually have to step back. Same thing with a quarterback. Like he's got to drop back into the pocket so that you can go forward. Like you have to, sometimes taking a step back is going to be your greatest leap forward. Like I took every bit of probably 18 months, maybe almost two years of just not doing anything with my photography, um, not posting on Instagram. I mean, I was going on Instagram, I was actively going through other people's, you know, stylists and people that i support and makeup artists and stuff you know liking their posts but i was posting no content um <laughs> and it had a lot to do with just finding me you know really mm. doing that and going what do what do i really want and it goes you know what you're saying with the law of attraction like what you know because i've done this before it's like all right i can do it again um, but what do i want this time you know what is my end goal and my end goal yeah. obviously is to, to make films you know i want to be like i love uh zemeckis you know spielberg cameron you know all, um aljandro i mean dude so many like just inspirational you know they those guys like their lighting and their films and stuff shapes my photography you know so it's like that's how i want to i just i love camera movement you know why why is the camera moving Or, you know, what, you know, what story can I tell just through simply moving the camera or what, you know, what message or emotion can I make my audience feel uh, just through camera movement?
0: Yeah, exactly, man. And, you know, at first, you know, tell you a little bit about me is that, you know, at first when I got into here, when I got into the show business, I just wanted to act, I dude. I didn't want to do no photography. I didn't want to do no filmmaking. I didn't want to direct. I didn't want to screenwrite. And I for sure did not want to teach no masterclass on Udemy and Teachable. I wasn't worried about none of that. I was just like, I just want to be a star in the movie business, you know, and get my acting chops on. Because I noticed that, you know, I have a lot of tendencies that actors have. So I said, OK, I'm going to go ahead and follow this path. And then, lo and behold, I fell in love with filmmaking as soon as I got my hands on the camera in broadcast journalism class and I did a mock interview. I've told this story a bunch of times for guys that are tuned in to my previous episodes that concerned that, you know, <clears throat> what's up, people David, Kyle's right? Williams. Welcome, 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 brother. Yeah, just I was yeah. just,
1: people were saying hi, so I didn't want to interrupt you. Is yeah, you know,
0: and I knew at that moment, as soon as I filmed that first interview, it keep in mind, man, I was asking some deep personal questions. I didn't know how to interview at the time. I had no idea how to what camera settings were. I didn't know how to light. I didn't know how to edit. I didn't know how to do nothing when it came to video. Only thing I knew was, okay, this is fascinating. And so I implemented what he talked about, which is as I'm setting up my equipment, I just ask her pre-questions. And I just have a conversation with her as I'm setting up just so the interview can be smoothly. And I asked her, like, hey, what was your home life growing up? Or Jamon, like, what is this? What is that? Just, I'm, I'm just a high school kid in the 11th grade just asking her these, <laughs> these deep, versatile, intricate questions on camera, knowing that we're not going to air that stuff on SHTV. Right. And I knew at that moment, okay, I like this video stuff, so I'm going to pursue it. And ever since then, I didn't, I didn't stop. I didn't let up on my hustle when it came to video. And then that led me into doing um, podcasting, that led me into doing YouTube, that led me into doing Facebook Lives. Well, in the order, it was video, then Facebook Lives, then YouTube, then podcasting. And so, you know, and then it also led to me creating my online courses, which I recently dropped an online course in photography and, you know, the reason why you see the pin linked with the Linktree, that houses all my links to where my merch store is, my YouTube channels, podcasts. And also, you can go ahead and donate to my Significant Others surgery fund, which I'm still running. And that is a part of Linktree. And the reason why I put the Linktree up there is so I won't have to be replacing the damn link in the bio <laughs> and also posting all of those links in the comment section. So I said, you know what? I'm putting all of them on Linktree. You can just go click that link. So click, go. go on all the links on there. Go donate as much as you can. Go ahead and support me on the YouTube. Get you some merch while you're at it. Enroll in my online courses because I'm teaching video and photography on Teachable and on Udemy. So yeah, man, it's, just, it's definitely it's definitely I think I, to,
1: I think I need to get on Teachable.
0: Yes, man. You need, dude how long have you been in the business, by the way? Because I
1: uh, in case I didn't read see. it on your
0: bio.
1: I'm 35.
0: You're 35 years old.
1: So. Damn, closing, literally closing in on like three decades almost. So and like you do not about. have, you do not have an online course yet. See what, well, uh, this is only recent. Um, my mentor, you know, really kind of, like this is like my first opportunity that I've had to have a mentor. Um, guy does significantly well. Um I've been blessed to have him in my corner and then another guy um, who I just met vicariously just through me, you know, how Facebook freaking works, people you might know.
0: Um, yep, mutual like, yeah. Yeah. We... <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay. I never met this. I think we ended up, uh, kind of agreeing with each other on like a live stream at some point. And, um, connected this is like two or three years ago and then he kind of like cracked the code on um, these like courses and like a front-end offer and like your back-end offer and like kind of like a like a mentor program Um, but he was like dude like look at all the stuff that you've done and it wasn't really until the past month or so that I even considered myself like an authority to speak on those things and now now it's like, wow! You know, I did. I got my first paid gig off Twitter. It was five, uh, five grand. I uh, offered. I was like, shot a thirty second, um, pitched it to him. Went straight up to the CEO, and then about two days later, got a phone call saying, "How much would it cost to shoot a commercial?" I didn't totally <laughs> underpriced myself. Holy shit! I ended up paying my DP like twelve hundred just because we we had to shoot it on a red because they were gonna use this for like corporate, you know I couldn't shoot it on DSR I couldn't even ten eighty not be clear because they were gonna blow this thing up, um. Dude, the whole I think I walked away after thirteen hundred people.
0: You said five grand is underpaid. <laughs>
1: Oh way, dude, way underpaid for what I did. It was like four different locations. Um a cast, uh, cast and casting crew of roughly like thirteen people. I had a makeup artist, I had three other models, oh, two friends yeah. of mine. So like it was just I have never underbid myself like ever. And I I walked with like a hundred and fifty bucks. Like, after the hotel was paid, I paid, you know, all my friends' gas. Like, I didn't, you know, I was like, I got all this stuff Damn. covered because that's only the right thing to do. Like, you know, it's not proper to be like, hey, come in my commercial that I'm making money on while well, you, you know, don't get anything from it. Um, but yeah. That's understandable. Totally, man. Under, like, totally underbid myself. Never do that again.
0: Yeah. If you got a few of <laughs> that many people, you need to go at least in the 10,000s or higher because, like, you well, got that's a lot of mouths to feed, hey just, you know that's understandable,
1: came. you know, you know the opportunity know. was there, and I had to take it yeah, i just i had to take it, oh, I ended up gotten some great feedback uh from t j Lavin, who's an old m t v personality b m x writer the dudes like historic in the b m x world, and yeah I had the opportunity um for him to like comment on my youtube channel and for him and I to trade stuff on twitter and know it's just is a really rad experience and i think that's going to be a part of um my class like this little shirt i have on is an old tech company i started back in uh like 2015 or so and before we even had product i was already set to launch in tokyo japan with rocket inc and then i was also set with an independent uh key grip to launch in sweden so like we were all we already had i had three countries that we were ready to put before there was any product so i think that is Mm -hmm. my gift to the world is being able to connect another uh i'll give you a prime example the guy that i'm working with now all the black diamond C V E stuff i'm going to be helping him get that in australia and i got a key media influencer um big time media influencer that's waiting on it
0: wow so you're just do like, things
1: global. Like, people always look at, you know, I got to go to L.A. I, you know, what about London? What about Tokyo? You what know. about France? Like, dude, there's so many... What about so where many... you are? I mean,
0: you can build it where you are. I mean, look... Look you at can the be internet, live, dude. Yeah, you can live in Montana or Wyoming and still make a name for yourself. And the reason yeah, why I bring those yeah. states up is because people tend to ignore those states. Like, they don't even exist. I'm like... Just because you live in Wyoming or uh, Montana doesn't mean you can't make a name for yourself. Hell, you may have to be the first one to put your city on a map within those states. Map. Yep. You know? Yeah. Gotta I take that it. risk.
1: Yeah, you gotta be just willing to try. I mean, like, one of my, my many favorite bands... But it's gonna be like super white of me to talk about a heavy metal band <laughs> real quick. Um, Monday, hey, don't matter, don't are, matter. They were they were from Imperial, Illinois, like a no flat flyer country. You know, like some <laughs> of the look at some of the actresses and actors. You know, take the time to invest in to be like, okay, well, where did this person grow up? Oh wow, you know, they came from like their parents were immigrants and they were totally broke and they did it. It's like, okay, so what's your excuse and what's stopping you?
0: Yeah, exactly. You, know. you, know,
1: you, can, you can no longer use location as an excuse. I mean, you can go to the library. Well, thanks COVID. I don't know if they're still open. Um, but you, can go, <laughs> oh, you can go to a library and use the internet. You know, there's so many ways to work around it. Um, even right now in my own little trials and hurdles I have to get through, um, you know just making a way finding a way to to do it because if you are passionate about something if you love something if you want something nothing can action nothing could literally stop you and especially yes. if it's in god's plan like if, if once you start operating with where you're supposed to be in the universe everybody's like oh it's just a lucky person it's like no man like they had to get, they had to figure out what their talent was they had to hone their talent you know, and then continue to acquire skills along the way to use that talent and make it useful and give it value. Like the person whose talent, you know, it's like they, what did they go through? You know, like somebody who's out there making, I don't know, a billion dollars a year. What did they go through to get to that one? You know, everybody's like your first hundred thousand is like the hardest and then it's like your first million and then your first 10 so it's like it's just what you know every new level in your life is going to require new disciplines and new thought patterns and Mm -hmm. looking at life a new way and you can't just you you can't ask somebody who's made 60 grand how to make a million because they can't tell you because they don't know how because they have not now over the course of their lifetime a million dollars may have flowing through their fingers but is there a million dollars sitting in their bank account like you know how can you how can i get there like i'll never forget um conversation i had with pep williams uh and who's pep williams one of the original dog just kind of my life when i was working and living in la um i met the guys who worked on all the iron man films like i used to work at a gym and it was like a low-key it was marina fitness and one of my favorite places to work um I met Pope Williams there, and then he had the opportunity – I had the opportunity to come over to his house because it just got cool with him. You know, He trusted me. I obviously wasn't some weirdo, and I actually didn't even know who he was at the time. Um, So I go into his house. He sits down. We're in his office, and I was like, hold on. Before you say anything, I want to know how to do that, and I pointed to a stack of $100 bills just in cash with a band around it just sitting on his computer desk. I was like, how do I get (laughs) – Right there, to where I got ten grand just sitting around, and he was like, "Well, what are you doing?" I was like, "Photography." He was like, "Obviously, you're not putting enough value behind it," and I was like, "Damn, uh, <laughs> damn." All he right. just, so he just said, saying, "Mr. Williams." He just went <laughs> bop. I was like you ain't yeah. no man. You talk ain't doing enough like, Really? Yeah, he was like, "You're not. You know, you're not adding enough value to your work." And I was like, "Wow." And yeah, and my.
0: Have you heard of this YouTube channel called Flash Film Academy? I want to
1: say I think I've seen an ad here
0: or there. You should go check it out because he taught the exact same thing, and he ties up the exact same thing. He says not everybody's broke out here. If somebody is not, if you consistently find that people are not paying for your services, it's not because you're not skillful at what you do. It's just because you didn't add enough value.
1: Right. Yeah, and that's, that's, I mean, that's where, that's another reason why, like, a lot of that stuff, just everything Paul taught me, everything Peter taught me, you know, everything through time and conversation and friendship with Pep um, that he taught me was, like, I, you know, at the beginning of the conversation, I took that major step back. It was, like, wait a minute, you know, I've been used and abused in this industry. I was, like, I did a 30-second pitch. I got free product. I got paid five grand. You know, like, I can do this. And now I know what my worth is as a cinematographer, as a storyteller, as somebody who makes commercials. That's how Michael Bay started. You know, I mean, look at the Transformers franchise. Like, he he's got his start shooting cars and Victoria's Secret models. Now the guy gets paid $30, $40 million to make a movie, not to mention what he makes on the back end. You know, like, that's it's not about the money, but it's, you know, creating the value of it. You know, are you... Do you believe that your services or your product or whatever it is you have to offer? Hey, bub, say hi. Hi. <laughs> hey, what's up, little man? That single dad life <laughs> stuff. It's my little gamer. Um, if you're not adding the value to it, no one else is going to see it.
0: Yeah, exactly. You gamer. know, and that I
1: was—that
0: <clears throat> was something that I had to learn early on. Was that you know I had to take a step back. I'm like, bro, why am I? Why is no one paying me for my services? And the thing was, was that I wasn't adding enough value. I was still coming yeah. at it like I was a college student still or a teenager in high school. their validation. like, well, you know, I I I help you like this. I I help you like that. And that that just you know I didn't know for a while. But my significant other told me this yesterday. It's like you gotta quit asking people if they like it or not, you already know that your work speaks for itself. You've had professionals before tell you that your work is fucking good. Yeah. So the the thing, that, the fact of the matter is, was that it was more of a confidence issue and an energy issue that was giving off was I wasn't, I wasn't giving off the right vibes, even though my work is good. My energy was just off. And I remember, Last night, I reread the chapter on the 48 Laws of Power called Act Like a King to Get Treated Like One. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if if you put out that energy that you don't feel like you're enough and that you're like, man, no one values me and da 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 the Victim
1: mindset, man. The victim mindset.
0: Saying, you know, fuck the world, fuck the industry and this and that. It's like, no, 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 no. The industry... Yes, it has a lot of rough spots and there's a lot of bullshit that goes on in show business. As I've said in your bio, a lot of people are all all bark and no bite. And, And that's the same way, I hate to say this, but it's a lot of filmmakers like that in Houston as well, you know, where they just talk a big game. But it's like a lot of them have these big egos because they have all these views or they may have won an award at a local film festival here in Houston. I'm like, you realize, you know, you're local in Houston, but if you go to any other city, like, can you go to any other city and people yell out your name? Yeah. And then I had to look at myself, and I was like, damn, no one really knows Dude, the I'll video in my small it. pocket. Wow. That's crazy. I forgot there. about
1: that. We were uh, It was, like, third week, second week. And um, I was at a friend of mine's party. Well, I was actually, like, my acting coach, it was uh, his roommate, his roommate's friend had just gotten back from shooting an indie film in, like, Mexico or something, so they threw, like, a big welcome home party at one of this club in L.A. I don't even really remember where we were, Um, but a totally random person came up to me and was like, dude, aren't you that photographer from MySpace? I was (laughs) like, yeah. I was like, yes, actually, I am. Like, that was... The only other time that I was actually recognized for me, and then any other time walking down, um, like Hollywood Boulevard, people would think I was like Leonardo DiCaprio or like Johnny Depp just because of just my hair, like how my hair is. And, um, I'd be like, no, I'm not him, they're taller than I am, I'm short no i'm not gonna take a picture with you because <laughs> it's like i to me that's like i wouldn't want somebody you know pretend um, unless you're like going down hollywood like a lot of lookalikes and stuff dude just to get tips and mess with tourists and stuff um but yeah being that was really cool it's funny that you said that that was the only time that i was actually like recognized for me in my work um yeah one time <laughs> Hey,
0: like, uh, at least you, at least you're known for your work nonetheless, Like, you know, for my situation, it was mainly on the internet, and also in school, and, but, yeah, I did have this one encounter, though, when I was in Beaumont, Texas, back in my freshman year of college, like, I went on a date with this girl, we was at the mall, and somebody that followed me on Instagram says, hey, what's up, spiritual intellect, I'm like, who are you? (laughs) A word? (laughs) Like, yeah, who are you, and... He was like, I'm I follow you on Instagram, man. I've been following your work for a while. Keep up the great work. I was like,
1: that's what's up. Oh, damn. That's how
0: you man. know, and that's the power of the internet.
1: Social distance fist bump.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Dude, like that's that's what's up, man. And that's you know, that's what's really great about some of the guy like my friend Devin, who's been following my work for God, probably better more of a decade. Um Mariah, like there's a handful of people that, you know, they were like coming out of high school or still in high school when they, you know, followed my work on MySpace and then, you know, like I was saying earlier, followed me over to Facebook, um and so on. And it just is wild, you know, like when you spend time with people who followed your work and then you kind of just like share that bond, that experience, and you're watching each other grow. Like seeing my boy Devin go from just a young kid to you know like being married, and it's like wow, you know, like look at the just the journey. And like he's he's big into sports, is and I think his end dream is like, if I remember correctly, I could be saying this wrong. Um, he has a lot to do with sports and sports casting. I'm not sure if he wants to be like an agent, but more of maybe like a like a like a ball manager, like a team manager. Um, but that's success to him, you know. And I, to me, I think that's pretty rad. Like, dude, hook me up with some tickets or something. You know, I'd rather go watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather go watch it at the stadium than, than you know, sit and watch it at home. So,
0: yeah, and it's like you know, it is it
1: is rewarding
0: when you do have some people who recognize you for your work and they recognize your pure intent with your energy, like, and that's most of all, like, with anything. Is that you know you have to come at people with the right energy because if you're doing all these antics on social media and doing stupid stuff, then people are just gonna look at you in public and say, "Hey, do this for me, do that for me, and then you just get stuck in that cycle of yeah. just doing dumb shit just to get views and clicks and I remember I watched this video by Blackie Speaks where he was analyzing this rapper named Smoke Perp, who had like For who has 4 million followers on Instagram, but his recent album only sold 5,000 copies. And he said that, you know, you may think that don't confuse followers with fans. And that's something I had to learn early on is that just because I have like 3,000 people following me on this page doesn't mean they're a fan of mine and that they like me for me. They may just be following me because they're bored. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean that's just the world of social media and so we can't get so wrapped up in num- in somebody else's oh, numbers or our own numbers. Um
1: now that uh now that you say that, as far as somebody else's social media stuff, yeah, and yeah, be I mean that's a another conversation for another time as far as being authentic to yourself. Um but I had a I had a guy who I know was following my Instagram tagged me in a picture and was like yo isn't that your picture and I was like thanks for noticing yes it is my photograph and then of course I went to the guy and was like hey dude like I don't mind you taking my work but at least give me some credit for it you know at least give me a shout out or something don't just pawn it off as your own but that was like the purest form of just someone wrecking like my own like that's why I don't tag my images anymore because a lot of my work has a very specific look to it like you can just kind of tell it's mine Um, not my architectural stuff but like my product photography definitely has a very significant look to it Um, I was lucky enough to get into the vape industry like right as it was starting to peak and did a few things here and there magazines posters and all that fun stuff totally undervalued myself didn't see it I was just excited to be doing photography again um, when I started doing all that but yeah dude it's it has a lot to do with your energy and then don't be afraid to be cutting people out of your life left and right like i'm at the point in my career i am completely done with people playing games like we're either setting a date we're talking about it like i don't need to be you know dealing with 15 different ways to try and get a hold of you like we're either going to work together or we're not you know, we're yeah, really exactly. working on this, like, I have two weekends already booked, like, an artist friend of mine is in town, and I'm like, yo, dude, like, are you local, like, help me out, you know, I'll hook you up with, like, some product, just, you know, do me a favor, do me a solid, and then plus, I'll take care of you, and he's like, well, dude, I want some free CBD stuff, so, of course, you know, he's down to try it, um, but, you know, I mean, he doesn't have to, but that's just the relationship that I have with him, you know, it's, it's, it's all about relationships in this business and don't be afraid to cut them off or start new ones.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because there's a lot of people who just want to use you for fame and clout and money and all this other stuff. And it it just goes back to show you that show business does attract a lot of personalities that, that just want to be famous just for famous sake and just Are chasing the money and you know just speaking on show business as a whole that includes sports um sports entertainment uh you got tv shows web series all that stuff you can't just be in it just so you can get money or get fame you have to be well well, you have to do it because because
1: you love it yeah
0: and it's like the both of us we enjoy what we do even if there's no such thing as money and even if there was like no you know set industry well that's
1: got to be i mean your 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 driving force for doing something is got to be because you love it money is the result of delivering a service that has value so unless you're providing somebody something that has value there's no reason for you to not get paid for it um, there's definitely a point in your career where you obviously have to start somewhere. Like if you don't know anything, you can't charge somebody, you know, a ridiculous price or any kind of absurd amount. I mean, if you're nice enough to be able to say, Hey, it's like 50 bucks just for my time, you know, I'm going to give you this amazing product. Like there's, I think there's places to start. Um, but it all starts with, you know, kind of stems back in the beginning of a conversation, not being afraid to ask, you know, it's like, i when people are gonna, I have a feeling probably soon enough. Um, you know, more CBD companies are gonna be asking me for stuff. It's like, sure, here's the deal. It's X amount of picture of the dollars. You don't like it, take it, leave, you know, walk. Not hurting my feelings. <laughs> it's like yeah, I have, exactly. I can go out and get and hustle projects if I need the, you know, that that bad. Um, you know, it's but. Yeah, it's, you can't be afraid to ask and definitely putting value. You know, it's just if you if you're doing it, if you're money motivated, like you said, it's going to continue to elude you. You know, and so you're going to just going to be on that, quote unquote, paper chase. You know, it's going to come in your pocket. It's going to go out your pocket. It's going to come in your pocket. It's going to go out your pocket. It's going to stay there. You know, there's um, drink from your own cistern. You know, it's a pretty famous scripture, <laughs> meaning. You know, you're allowed to have a fat bank account. You're allowed to have multiple streams of income. You're allowed to. It's God's design. Like, I would that you would prosper even as your soul prospers. So if you're not inside, you're not prospering, or if you don't see yourself, you know, as a prosperous individual, you, for starters, you're never going to have more than what you currently have. Um, that's just spiritual law, universal law, whatever you want to call it. Um, but that's just a fact. If you can't see yourself achieving it or having it or being able to even attain it, you never you can't.
0: Yes, exactly. And that and that's, you know, where it starts at first. You know, it's just like, you know, the 40 laws of power. When I brought up that law about act like you can't be treated like one, you have to feel your own greatness on the inside, even if everybody else don't see it. Because, right. you know, at first, at first, when you are starting out, people are not going to care about what you do. That's just a simple right, fact. Right. matter like, And you can attest to this when you were first in L.A. And, like, I can imagine that in the industry, you had to work twice as much just to get the same amount of work you could by just making an Instagram post. Because back then, social Media didn't really exist in the 2000s until like oh wait or 09. Yeah. So you still had to hand out business cards. You still had it was to go a, yeah, it was meet a different hustle. Person.
1: It was a different hustle. Like and I, but I think that helps me. I think that's an advantage because I had to you know go to parties and go to events and network with people and talk to people and ask them what they did and who they were. You know, just you have to uh, you know adapt or die, really. Is okay. You know how do I fit into? I'm still kind of trying to get used to whole social media things. I'd rather deal with people, Um, but I'm learning it. I'm getting better at it. You know, I got a sponsorship. You know, I did a commercial. I think I'm doing something right. Mm. (laughs) Now I just need to keep doing it, doing it a lot better. Hey, Hey. appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Yeah,
0: I've done an episode with David Kyle's on his show. You know, I did one two years ago and I did another one recently a few weeks ago. So he definitely has a dope podcast. It's called The Be Your Own Hero Show. And of okay. course, you know, you're on my podcast, the A Mail Productions Podcast, having this dope conversation with me. And just don't be Trying. surprised if my David ADD sometimes <laughs> don't, don't be surprised if David hits you up the next minute asking, Can you be on his show? Because he yeah, has a lot be... of great interviews and great conversations well he doesn't he's not much of an interviewer like i am but you know he does conversations and i got inspired to do it again mm-hmm. because of david because like i remember i had i've done fireside chats on facebook lives and i just stopped doing them after a while and just went and did straight up interviews but you know with you man it's like you know i i felt that there was something you know special in the air when you came up on my Facebook and you just made those comments, just adding not just your two I'm gonna cents, have to go but back but hundred dollar bills. To,
1: to the I'm gonna have to go back and read some. Well, that I mean, a lot of a lot of it has to do um, with 100 10% accountability. You know, and not blaming other people and not being a victim and accepting. um other humans you know like there's you can't it's it's impossible to learn everything anything if you're not willing to listen you know everyone's got a story everyone has a reason you know people some people have been hurt um but you can't let that hurt rule your life like that's that's a major character flaw if you allow your pain to run your life for you so you're basically living your life forward in pain instead of living it in joy and happiness and peace and love and passion and compassion and just like what I mean to me it's like I, that's that's the only situation where I would like you could ever really be prejudiced it's like you just want to shake somebody and be like what the fuck is wrong with you like you're not a victim like the world is not out to get you the world is there to serve you you know like it's just um David Meltzer is like one of the big, you know, vicarious, uh, mentors.
0: Um, yeah, it does. I do agree. It does pay to be picky, man, because, you know, if you invite the wrong person on your show, the energy is going to be all off. And I've done this early on when I used to do Facebook lives and when people would try to get an invite, I would just invite any and everybody on, and I found that real quick that our energies didn't mesh and it just doesn't make sense. So, you know, right. I'm the way well, you got to guard your heart, man. And that's, who you yeah,
1: you got to guard your heart. You got to be protective of your dream. Um, and I think the scripture is guard your heart for out of it are the rivers of life. And it's like, well, if you let people rule that for you, you know, that's a big Big no no. I don't know. I mean, it's really hard to kind of put in words. I'll find them eventually.
0: <laughs> hey, man, we're about to approach that one hour mark. It's like 55 minutes, you know, Already? we've been going live. So, are there any last words you want to say before we wrap this up? Oh, my tombstone, or just here? Uh, (laughs) Yeah,
1: of course, man. Don't don't drop out on us now. No, I don't plan on going anytime soon. We're actually eternal beings. I think people, that's another conversation too, is people need to get an immortal concept, uh, immortal um, perspective. You know, measuring, do not measure your life. Let's see, how can I leave you with some last words? Um, You are more significant than you perceive. Because just like a thumbprint, everyone has, um, is different, unique. No two thumbprints are the same. My question would be, what thumbprint are you leaving on someone's heart? Mm. So every interaction we have, whether it be long or brief, um, and I think this comes from working in customer service, would be, you know, leave, leave a positive thumbprint on someone's life. You know, leave that little thumbprint on their heart. You know, if they're passing by, now you can't see people smile because everyone's freaking out about, you know, what's going on in the world. Um, but yeah, my mine would be, you know, leave a, leave a positive thumbprint on someone's life, whether it be in passing or walking or, you know, whatever. You don't know how you could keep someone from suicide or you don't know how much a smile could mean to somebody. Like, it could have just dealt with a huge, tremendous loss. Everybody is fasting, facing a battle that you know nothing about. And... Every one of us, somewhere, in, in one way or another, is dealing with some kind of personal issue that they're trying to get better at, or maybe they're struggling as a as a husband, or they're you know struggling as a spouse, or we we don't know unless some, unless you sit down and you have a conversation and you listen. Um, but I think everyone, you know, should be willing to listen, but not everyone is.
0: All right, and uh, where else can people find you besides um, in your Instagram? Uh,
1: YouTube. More content is coming. You can see some of the old stuff. Um would be M-I- Michael Wheaton. It's my name, kind of without the vowels. It's M-I-C-H-L-W-H-T-N. You can see some of my earlier works, what put me on the map. Um, and we got people talking about me, and then... And I just fell off. Like I said, there was a time where I just (laughs) had my divorce suit. I just, I had to find me. I had to figure me out. Um, You know, because that's if I cannot successfully lead my children if I'm a mess. So the best thing for my children is to get my, my shit straight, get myself straight, get this straight. And then course correct as I go along. You know?
0: Yeah. And also like, if you guys you know, for you guys that you know want to go get some merch and want to go support my podcast and support the the YouTube channels and support me with my online courses and help my baby pay off her medical bills,
1: all of that is on that oh, link. I, saw, I'm I gonna have share that on Facebook. I saw that stuff. Thank you.
0: Yeah, so it's all on Linktree. And also, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to click that subscribe button. Hit that bell next to it so you get notified on every single Wednesday we upload new episodes on this podcast and also if you're listening to this on anchor any other podcasting platform make sure to rate this and review this and also if you're listening to this on anchor specifically you can go ahead and favor the podcast and also just make sure to go ahead and be safe because I see on the thing it says 50 seconds remaining so that's why I'm speeding through here But, yeah, it was nice to have you on, and I do appreciate you for taking the time to do this.
1: Oh, man, thank you for having me. Um, This is, like, my first real kind of live interaction like this. It's been a while, Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Definitely some more. Um, I will get you on my creator little video cast thing that I'm going to be doing, so I want to get you on there as well. And...